Banana Laser is filmed in front of a live studio audience. Hey, all right, thanks for coming. Oh, I wouldn't miss this for anything. Well, did you bring what I asked? Yep, one voodoo doll and the satanic verses. Wait down, let's do this. Those guys are going to be here soon, so we don't have much time. Where are we going to do it? Think you can turn some lights on? In time. Oh, I got the altar back here, though. I got the goat, I have the blade, the Bible, and our subject. Oh, shit, there he is. I never thought I'd actually meet him face to face, even if he is bound and gagged. Uh, trust me on this. You, you be happy that he can't talk. Oh, shit. Somebody's coming. Hi. Hello? Is anybody here? Hello? Let me get these lights on. It's too dark in here. Oh, Dave, what the fuck? Oh, hey, man. How's it going? What the fuck is all this? You got this whole place looking like the cover of a Slayer album. <laughs> Come on, bro. Get with it, man. I just remodeled for the show like I always do. We're in the satanic 70s era now. <sighs> I think you take this shit a little too seriously. What's behind that curtain? What the fuck? Dude, let me see behind that curtain. Oh, wait a minute, man. Not so... What in the name of Producer Pete is going on here? Why is there a goat in the laser lounge? And why is Mahoney all tied up like this, hanging from the ceiling? Wait, is someone hiding behind him? Hey, Matt. Jamie, you're a part of this? What the fuck are you assholes up to? Speaking of assholes... Hey, yo! What's up, fuckers? Alex, you aren't going to believe this. Come over here and see what these dipshits are up to now. <laughs> Holy Mahoney, what the fuck is this? Jamie, what are you doing here? Well, I haven't been to the lounge in over a year, and I really wanted to see a live exorcism. An exorcism? <laughs> okay, guys, hold on. Just, just, just hear me out here. I've seen the exorcist so many fucking times, enough times to know exactly how to cast demons out of the possessed. I, I know I know the rights of exorcism by heart, and honestly, this is the only chance I'm ever going to get to actually see it in front of my eyes. And I get to help out, and I'm so fucking excited! Yes, and I need Jamie to assist me. So basically, I'm going to read Father Marin's lines, and she's going to give me Damien's responses. Now do you guys understand? No, we don't. There's nobody possessed here, first of all. And it's a stupid idea to think that you guys are qualified to perform such a ritual. Yeah, he's right. And I'd rather just do Cheech Marin's lines. <laughs> Why is Mahoney tied up and hanging like that, by the way? Well, somebody had to be the possessed one. Well, yeah, and the book says that it's easier to possess virgins. So, come on, Jamie, let's do this. You cut the goat and Mahoney, and I'll read the verses. Abi Dui Dambala, give me the power, I beg of you! Endile por dobaset Dambala, Kanda... Estrada, Mantos, Ergrits, Gat, Nosferatos, Kanda! Stop it! Kanda! Stop it! Kanda! Stop it! What the fuck, Matt? I'm about to make the slice here. <laughs> Guys, Mahoney is trying to say something. Uh, who gives a fuck? Well, let's at least let the poor bastard have a say. Dave! I'm not a virgin! Uh, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, man, we all know you've never done it before. No, guys, listen! One day I found Pin in the broom closet, and I've been fucking him for months! <laughs> Pin! 
gotta be fucking kidding me. He doesn't count. He's just an office dummy. Don't you ever say that, Matt. He's my friend. You know that. He's right, Matt. He even talks. That means he's alive, and in my book, that counts. Mahoney is no longer a virgin. Who the hell is Penn? Come on, Jamie. You've never heard us talk about Penn on Banana Wazer before? I don't listen to this fucking show. I can't believe what I'm hearing. What, that Jamie doesn't listen to us? No, that Mahoney fucked Penn. I'm gonna go get him right now. I gotta hear it from his mouth. <sighs> Guys, I think Dave has finally gone off the deep end. I really have been fucking Penn, you guys. Just check out his hole. I know it's gotta be bigger now. Somebody put the gag back on this asshole. Gladly. <laughs> oh boy, this could be weird. Jamie, I guess since you have him at Penn, I should probably tell you exactly what happened. Feast your eyes on this. Oh, yeah, perfect. Thanks. That will actually help a lot. I prefer it be a woman, but hey, any poor in a fucking storm. What the fuck are you doing? This is highly irregular. What the fuck does it look like I'm doing? Yeah, treat me. You guys can have your turn next. I'm just getting first dip. That hall is an exit only hall. That means no entry. Come on, man. This isn't a sex doll. That's Pin. Alex, please. He's my friend. <laughs> friend? Dave, he's just an office dummy. Don't you ever say that. He's talking. Does that make him a dummy? Would you two quit bickering? I'm almost done here. <laughs> please stop, Alex. This is inappropriate behavior. Okay, okay, Alex, he's right. I'm sorry for laughing, Pin. I've never seen a man fuck a plastic dummy before, that's all. Yeah, enough's enough, Alex. Come on, break it up. All right, all right. It's done anyway. Sorry, guys. Sorry, Pin. I don't know what took over me. Hey, 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 Pin. Long time no see. How's it going, bro? Don't brow me, you son of a bitch. Thanks to you, everyone is using my exit as an entry. That's true. Alex, you started this whole fucking thing. If you just would have treated him with the respect he deserves in the first place, he could have been here with us the whole time, instead of being stuffed away in a fucking broom closet. Now we can't do the exorcism. Oh, come on, Pin. You're not really still hung up about that. Get over it, will you? Well, Alex, Dave does have a point. But... At least the exorcism is off. Can we get on with the show now? David, please don't let them put me in the dark closet again. There's so much I can teach you. Oh, hello, Jamie. You talking to me? Why, yes, I am. Did you know that I am anatomically correct? Dude, I didn't even know you existed until just now. Well, why don't you come over here? And take the towel off of my lap and have a seat. And what's the matter with you? Nothing, David. I'm getting tired of homosexual love. I'm a heterosexual just like you. That may be so, but it doesn't stop us from using you for our needs when we're having a dry spell. Okay, assholes, enough. Dave. Put Penn and Mahoney back where they fucking belong in the fucking closet and let's get on with the fucking show. It's going to be a long one as it is. Yeah, Dave, face it, dude. It just wasn't meant to be. Jamie, 
you and me are meant to be. Yeah, whatever. I've done some strange things in my life, but I've never sat on the dick of a plastic dummy. I'm sorry, Jimmy. You really can't blame him. The poor guy's been deprived for a long time. He doesn't mean you any harm. All right, man, I'll put him away. Finally! Hey, wait a minute. This might work after all. We can still get Mahoney possessed. No, no. Alex, why? You want to see this too? Of course. I don't understand why you don't. A fucking possession? Come on, man. Because it's ridiculous. And never gonna work, maybe. You watch the movie. This can work. We use that Ouija board and talk to Captain Howdy. Ouija. What? It's pronounced Ouija. Not fucking Ouija. Dude, I'm getting fucking sick of you always disagreeing with me lately. Well, maybe if you weren't wrong all the fucking time, I wouldn't have to. <laughs> Fuck you, man. I was trying to help. And Andy was cut on the side in part three, not fucking vertically. Jesus Christ! Oh, motherfucker, come here! God damn it! Guys, guys, come on, come on, break it up, Jesus! No way! If I'm not gonna see an exorcism today, the least you can do is let me see a fight. Oh shit! Guys! Mahoney, he's fucking getting away! You piece of shit. What? what? No way! I need my sub guy! Get back here, Mahoney! I'm beginning to remember why I haven't come back here in a year. This episode of Banana Laser is brought to you by Cat and Howdy Soups. Try the split pea. Holy shit! Welcome, Laser Nation, to the Banana Laser Horror Podcast, the podcast that has to be peeled to be believed exclusively at horrorphilia.com with your trio of sexy hosts. Alex Edwards. Are you fucking with me? Dave Z. Hey, yo. I'm a pretty simple guy. And Matt Wazell. Matt Wazell. Matt Wazell. Matt Wazell. The potassium starts now. No, your mother sucks cocks in hell. What's up, Laser Nation? And welcome to episode 45 of Banana Laser. My name is Matt, Wazell if you're nasty, and with me, as always, is the guy who thinks that sometimes there's someone inside him, Dave Z. What the fuck is up, Dave Z? And I am the devil. Now kindly undo these straps. No! <laughs> well, okay, then don't. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and... Hi, oh, hey. Hey, hello. And also hello. here, the Michael J. of Banana Laser. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Alex Edwards. Hi, boys and girls. How are you tonight? I thought we fucking put him away. I'm back, bitch. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Have you even seen the movie we're going to talk about tonight? I was in the closet, and I just came out of the closet. <laughs> I thought you were a hetero. 
Not since Alex got a hold of my ass. Jesus Christ, he really did a number on you. I'm sorry. Wait a minute, are there two people inside of you right now, Pen? Is there, is, can I speak with Alex right now? There is no more, Alex. Oh, Jesus Christ. And guess what your mother does, Matt? Oh, God. What? <laughs> she, oh, wait, we said this in the intro? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brother. Guys, enough bullshit because we are here with a very special guest. I want to welcome to the Laser Lounge the beautiful, the wonderful Jamie Jenkins. Don't say it unless you mean it. I yeah, do mean I it. With that intro, I thought you were going to introduce somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. I think this is actually my first time in the lounge because last time it was kind of like a nasty bathroom. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. That whole debacle. And now yeah. we use that for uh, unlistenable. What? That bathroom. Yeah. Oh, assholes. yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, That's where right. we film yeah. unlistenables now. Mm-hmm. But I like it in here. It's Very chill. It's the chillest, I like to say. But also here, guys, we got Michael J. Say hello. Ah, 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 ah. Oh, he left, guys. Oh, he left? Did he leave already? Jesus yeah. Christ. Well, that's what he does best. So, well, Jamie, I'm glad you're here. We're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, lasers, on this episode, we're going to get into the movie The Exorcist from 1973. Uh, what else are we going to do? We're going to give away some Blu-rays of Adam Green's quote-unquote movie, Digging Up the Marrow. <laughs> oh, yeah, because Alex is on his nutsack. That's right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. We'll get into that in a minute. Absolutely. <laughs> but there's something else that we have to get into. Me? Well, no, that's that's off mic. Well, Pin volunteered. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, check out the veins in that thing. Jamie, why don't you sit on my lap and we'll talk about the first thing that pops up. <laughs> It's already popped up, you son of a bitch. Swing. Uh, but first, guys, I want to get into something because there's been some more uh, interesting interactions with people online. <laughs> right, Dave? <laughs> with this guy, Darnell Weeks or Meeks or Cheeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cheeks. No, Darnell Weeks. Yeah, well, him and his buddy Shane Poole are uh, the, the latest and the last people we're going to have problems with online in the whole community. So, okay, wait, wait, wait. We got Mahoney, Montgomery, and this guy is like the, the pulling up the rear in the trilogy. So this should be like huge. <laughs> like they said with every Friday sequel, this is the last one. Just like we say with every review. <laughs> <laughs> no more. And no more retrospectives either. No more. Now let's remake these shows. It doesn't matter if we covered them front to back. Mm-hmm. Then we'll, and, and if you can't remake them on Skeleton Crew, we'll just do them again on Banana Laser. <laughs> so, and your your uh, group page is gonna get one guy lighter. It already did. Don't know. There's a lot going on, but it's fucking funny. Honestly, this this whole situation, there's not so much. I mean, it, you know, once once we start talking, and it takes it back. But if Alex gets taken back to it, he might start getting a little pissed. But I don't know. But at this point, it's just funny. So that. That's all it is. There's a group. It's called Horror in Haddonfield. I would say I joined it last Halloween, right around that time, because I said, hey, let's pimp the fucking Banana Laser Halloween shows everywhere we can. So that's what I did. I went online. I went on Facebook. I fucking typed in anything. Michael Myers, Haddonfield, Halloween, franchise, anything that had to do where I could go on and pimp the fucking Halloween shows. I did. I'm not going to lie. So, 
yeah, I joined this group, Horror in Haddonfield, and I uh, talked to Darnell, who runs it, and, um, you know, seemed a little strange, but he was okay to let me promote the shows. He didn't care. Is he like the ultimate Halloween fanboy? He, he is a big Halloween guy. I think he goes by the name of the Myers fan on YouTube or something. Oh, wait, this is the asshole I gave a shout-out to at the beginning of some Banana Bites or some bullshit. Yes. Simply because he asked. <laughs> yeah, see how nice we are? And I'll get to that. It started off nice, you know, because honestly, 90% of this group, there's nothing wrong with this group. It's all Halloween fans, and most of them are just normal people, you know? They're just Halloween people, so what, you know? But 90% of what's on that fucking site is him reposting his YouTube videos. <laughs> you know, half of his YouTube videos are just about why fucking Jamie Lee Curtis and H2O sucks, why fucking um, Rob Zombie destroyed the franchise, and why there should be a Halloween 9, and there will be a Halloween 9, and not a Halloween 3. And he's always putting up... all typical, fundamental fanboy bullshit. Like I said on The Last Skeleton Crew, whenever people want to attack... I mean, whenever they want to promote a certain movie, they always seem to attack directly another one that has really nothing to do with it for some reason but it's always the same story like when they want to promote friday 3 they attack friday 2 and when halloween fans want to promote halloween resurrection the one they attack is h2o and that's exactly what this guy is (laughs) he's like so typical (laughs) it's fucking strange well i was in the group for a while everything was fine i don't know how did you even get started alex with that um, I don't know. I think you just, I think when you, you know, gave him the shout out, I just, you know, clicked the page and joined it. With you, things started off really good with you and him. Yeah. So I posted that Adam Green, you know, I used the whole scandal to get more listeners to listen to our Skeleton Crew show. I said, you know, Adam Green going to direct Halloween 3? Find out everything you need to know here. And I posted the link to our show where I interviewed him so that you could find out he's not going to, you know direct that movie so you know he goes on there and he's like this shit's stupid man he ain't directing shit so i don't need to listen man i know that blah 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 blah. and i'm just like dude can you get the fuck off this this link this uh thread i know people call them threads you know whatever you call it i guess can you get off of this post can you stop spamming this shit like i'm trying to you know let people know i have a show here and they don't need to hear your shit so all of a sudden he gives me a private message he goes watch how you talk to me and I said, who the fuck are you? What the fuck do you want? <laughs> oh, and he boy. goes, I run that page. And I go, what page? I, I start looking to see who he is. I'm like, oh. I said, what the fuck is your problem, man? Why are you spamming my shit? And he's like, I'm not. I'm blah, blah, blah. I go, dude, I'm trying to let people know about this. And you're fucking like writing shit that has nothing to do with the show on there. You're not even listening to the interview or doing anything. And you're just like mouthing off. So <clears throat> from there... You know, it seemed like it would just keep going bad, but it actually calmed down. And then we both said, oh, all right, I misunderstood. Oh, I misunderstood and blah, blah. And then we were good. So then he, you know, I started talking about the show. I figured I could use a nutty Halloween fan as another listener. <laughs> I just told him, hey, you know, if you're into Halloween, we did a Halloween award show. We did this and that. And we have interviews of these people. So he goes, oh, yeah. This and that, and he, and he starts listening, and he listened to the whole Halloween award show, like, that day. Then all of a sudden, he thinks I'm the greatest thing in the world. He was like, that was the most amazing thing I ever heard. Wow, man, you guys are the best I ever heard in my life. What else do you do? He started listening to other stuff, blah, blah. Then he's like, I didn't know I was talking to a celebrity. Man, 
I'm sorry I got all crazy with you before. I was like, dude, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm a guy doing a podcast. <laughs> like, I'm not a celebrity. Hey, have you heard GBK Radio? Come on! <laughs> so, like, literally, I mean, I could po- I'll post these things if people think I'm exaggerating. So Dave has more insight onto how I changed his life. <laughs> yeah, well, I do. I you was touch his penis? Him. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Oh, here's what he says. He's like, you guys really inspired me today. Man, I felt so good listening to Alex talk about the Halloween today and listening to the um, the movie awards. And I said, yeah, I go, as a matter of fact, that that's my favorite of the, of the early shows. I fucking love the Halloween awards show. I've said it many times. He's like, oh, and then he's like, he says things like, from now on, I'm just going to uh, just try to have fun and, and not be so serious about things. And, you know, it thanks to like- you guys. Yeah, they showed me that you can have fun with these movies, not take them so serious. So, <clears throat> you know, I, I'm a changed man. All this kind of stuff. He was really grateful. Does he does he think that the films really happened? <laughs> like, dude, they're, they're movies, man. Calm the fuck down. Yeah, and then he made me an administrator of that page right after he heard the show. Yeah, I was so jealous, too. You were? Yeah, I knew him longer. <laughs> <laughs> I showed him my show first. He didn't yep. care. Alex comes waltzing in with his fucking fancy Halloween awards and and his big bulging biceps. Sexy. Yep. Yeah, it's all the production, baby. <laughs> what do you think happens? Friday the thirteenth happens. <laughs> well, and me. He and I also became friends. He sort of came out of nowhere. And he was talking about Halloween <laughs> and I said, and I sent you a message and I'm like, look, I just got this message from this guy. He seems to be kind of hung up on a Halloween, but do you think he's cool? If so, then, you know, I'll be friends with him or whatever. And you were like, yeah, he's cool. And I was like, okay. So I start talking to him, but then I start realizing that every single thing he talks about leads around to Halloween. Like <laughs> it doesn't matter what it is. And he'll like, he'll start off talking about like Friday the 13th. He's like, you're a big Friday fan, huh? And I'm like, yeah, you know, he'll start talking about that. And then before you know it, we're back to Halloween and typically resurrection. And then one time it even went so far as he's like, what are you doing? Because he would, you know, message me at various times of the day. He's like, what are you doing? I was like, oh, I'm making dinner. And he's like, oh, you like to cook? And I was like, yeah. Michael Myers to- likes to eat food. He eats dogs. <laughs> he's like, what's your favorite food? Like, so it's, you know, whatever, normal conversation. So I tell him and then he's like. Next thing, two sentences later, I think I even screen capped this and sent it to you guys. It's back to Halloween, and I'm like, wait, <laughs> how do you do that? How do you, how do you turn every conversation into Halloween? And then something happened with you guys, and and then next thing I know, I was it was over. <laughs> we have this weird thing that when people have a problem with us, everyone around us gets destroyed. For some reason, I stay out of all this shit usually. So, but then let's just well, Friday the Thirteenth comes this year, March Thirteenth. Alex puts up the famous show, the the verses, show 88. All hell breaks loose. Darnell starts saying Halloween has a better story. And then Alex and him are kind of going back and forth. No, better or uh, his whole basis for why Friday's movies suck and Halloween movies are amazing is because Friday is just about a mama's boy and it's stupid. <laughs> These are his words. Evil incarnate is better than a mama's boy. <laughs> okay. So Alex says something to him, he says something to him. And Darnell's like, are you debating me, Alex? And he's done that to me a few times. And As if, I don't, like, right? whoa, do you know who I am? 
Right? <laughs> Are you debating? I run a Facebook group. He even told me in the messages once, he goes, if I ever came on Banana Laser, I would tear that shit up. <clears throat> yeah, we heard, you ever hear him actually go at it about a movie or anything? I haven't seen any of this shit, no. Yeah, we'll, we'll okay, you should show. watch his video called the H2O Rant. He asked me to watch <laughs> it, and I hate saying this because he, he thinks, you know, our show is good, so I hate to say this. It was one of the most difficult things I ever had to get through. <laughs> he goes on, like, he he literally nitpicks every it's it's one of those things where I'm going to just say something bad for the sake of saying it. He literally said when that nurse from part two gets home in the beginning of H2O and she steps on the glass from when they broke into her door, like really <laughs> like crunch, like, oh, that's scary. <laughs> what were they thinking? Yeah, like she steps on the glass, man. Like, come on. <laughs> and then the whole movie, it opens up with... Mr. Sandman. Like, come on, man. <laughs> Mr. Sandman, that's supposed to get me scared? <laughs> you gotta be like... Like... Like, really, man? This is Halloween. That's how you start a Halloween? I swear, you listen to this. It's going to sound like I'm doing it verbatim. Like, yeah, and, I, right. and I'm going light because I'm stopping here. This goes on <laughs> for three to four minutes. And it's just about that music, cool. which he doesn't even point out that it was in Halloween, too. <laughs> he hasn't seen it. <laughs> and he, he goes, and it starts off a lady holding a butcher knife. Like, are we supposed to think that's Michael and he's going to stab somebody? Like, come on. And you stab a pumpkin? <laughs> like, like, dude, you could do this about anything. Right, exactly. Any work of fiction. Jesus. <laughs> right. Yeah, Halloween 1. Um, so we're supposed to be his point of view. Like, we ain't six years old, so why would we be at that height level? Like, it just don't, I don't I don't remember when I was that small. So <laughs> what's the point of me looking through there? And when he grabs a knife out of the drawer... Come like, on. Why would that knife be there? Don't they have those knife holders where they all go in that one and you pull them out? <laughs> Unbelievable. And then he, he walks upstairs and the clock rings. Like, is that supposed to be scary? <laughs> Do we have to know it's 10 o'clock? Just skip to the <laughs> killing. Right. That's what he would say if he was bashing. Like, it, it would be that stupid and that, like, uh, pointless. Wait, I've seen this. It's the guy with the the ketchup bottle on a on a washing yeah, machine we behind him. About it in the crew. Okay, gotcha. John Gore made the video. We went back and forth. Yeah, yeah, dude. Gotcha. See, we've had a taste. What really went down? Everything escalated because of that conversation. And basically, Alex was saying about the mama's boy thing. So <laughs> I came on, and then I said, "Listen, I said a smothering mother doesn't necessarily mean the son is a mama's boy by default, and that's what it is." So now Alex says something that fucking spawns it here he goes let's not forget that probably the most iconic slasher of all time norman bates was a profound mama's boy are you gonna say that psycho is garbage because norman bates is a mama's boy is that the logic we're really going with <laughs> deciding what's the stronger franchise i'm an asshole yeah but oh right. shit but you're right i mean does that make him weaker yeah because... like what the fuck does that mean he's a mama's boy so at eh, done we're over it like right. really dude it's stupid. I bet he breastfed too. Like only babies do that, man. 
pooped his diaper. Oh God! Yeah, he probably pooped himself. Like, no, thank you. And 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 think about this anyway. If you really want to get nerdy with this, uh, Jason clearly survived that drowning. Uh, and he did not run back and go, Mommy, Mommy, help me. He just said, oh, fuck it, I'm out of here, and he went off and did his own thing. Is, is that a mama's boy? Like, how do we even get this whole impression? It's fucking fanboy bullshit. I don't consider myself a mama's boy, but if I found my mom's head, I'd probably put it on an altar too, you know? <laughs> <laughs> now, just... things really get shitty and out of control when this fucking asshole, Shane Poole, Fucking pool of piss fucking gets involved in this. <laughs> I wish I could leave him in a pool of blood. Right. Oh. <laughs> he gets involved out of nowhere. Now, this is the first thing he says. Why did this moron bring Psycho into it? Nobody is talking about Psycho. We were talking about Friday the 13th. Nothing like deflecting. That's what he says. <laughs> he really got the point. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Th that's the beginning of it with this guy. And this what's is... this we stuff? He wasn't even originally a part of the conversation, but Alex was. <laughs> Dick. So I, of course, say something. I said, Psycho was a good example of what we were actually debating. Then he says, look at the link in the original post. Nothing to do with Psycho. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, God. Right. That's the kind of people we're talking to. Yes. <laughs> and then I said, listen, he was correct in using Psycho as an example because of the mama's boy thing. It was a fair comparison given the debate at hand. I buried this fucking guy. Like, I was <laughs> on that night. Like, all of my shit was so on point, and it was the kind of crippling comments that make you feel two inches tall. <laughs> Literally, I made him feel that way because he then just said, I'm out of here, and he quit the group. Really? Wow. Yeah. You chased him out of his group. <laughs> he took bad. his ball and went the and fuck went home. home. I feel like I don't want to be part of this world. Just listening to this, I can't believe I'm involved. <laughs> I feel yeah. like I'm better than this. Like, when I was a little kid, I didn't think I'd be doing this. <laughs> Arguing with nerds over films? <laughs> I found the message I was talking about. He said, what's your favorite dessert? And I said, either strawberry shortcake or coconut cake. And he said, do you think Michael Myers eats pumpkin pie? Oh, my God. <laughs> and I said, I picture him as more of a candy corn fan. And then he said, in the novel, he eats candy corn. <laughs> do you think Michael Myers eats pumpkin pie? I don't even think about that, dude. Really, I don't. <laughs> right, yeah. I wonder what his dick smells like, but that's about it. Yeah, that's normal. And it's, just think, normally people his age are wondering if, like, well, if I put 30 grand down on a house, what will my uh, mortgage be? Can I get it down? What's the best interest rate I can get from a bank? This guy's wondering if Michael Myers likes pumpkin pie. <laughs> like, you're wondering, well, if I get, if I skimp out on the ring, but the diamond has a better clarity... Will my girlfriend be happy? No, we're wondering if candy corn is a, a big part of Dr. Loomis's life. <laughs> Think he has a girlfriend? That's giving him a lot. There's a lot more, but eventually, let's just say, Alex, you just suddenly got booted. Oh, just because uh, I was rude to his friend. He, he wrote to me and he said, oh, he wrote to me, Darnell, and he said, you made that guy quit the board. I just, I'm disappointed I didn't make him slit his wrist. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, he called you a fucking a moron to begin with. That was the right. first thing he said. Right, but I gotta be a nice guy. 
Well, right, yeah. Okay, you have a group and I'm on it. And someone else comes in and starts an argument with me. Do you think I'm going to leave your group <laughs> because I got into an argument with some little asshole? I'm out of here. No. No. I mean, if Why you're we... my friend, I'm not, right. they're not chasing me away from you. No, we're going to kick him out if anything. Aw. Well, obviously. Actually, right? guys, if you came to me with this stuff, I would just tell you to block him. <laughs> right, yeah. Sorry, inside <laughs> joke. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and then that does happen in this situation, as a matter of fact. But bottom line is this. The Shane comes back the next day after quitting and fucking starts shit. Puts up a fucking thing. The name of the group's Horror Haddonfield. If you're here to troll spam or have an agenda against Halloween, get the fuck out. Well, this fucking Shane gets on and on and on and on. And then he says, as I stated before, by no one wants to listen to an imposter, fly-by-night, wannabe, cheap-ass, half-assed, second-rate, Poser amateur horror podcast like yours. <laughs> He's talking about you? He's talking about me because Alex was gone and he put up the post and there we go. I he feel says, like everyone's going to think less of us knowing that we were involved with this. <laughs> Darnell tells me, oh, I removed Alex. Now he's messaging me. After Shane gets fucking outed the first night, I want to declare myself the winner. So I said, Darnell, make me an admin. <laughs> and he fucking makes me an admin. And just to be an asshole, just so I could say, hey, fuck you, Shane, I'm an admin. What do I even care? I don't. So Dave won. Yeah. A guy like that, you want to fuck. So now Darnell's apologizing. Dave, will you accept my apology? I overreacted. So he let me do admin, so it's all over, right? No, then Shane came back the fucking next day, and then I'll get the help over. <laughs> Same fucking shit. And Darnell says, Alex called Shane stupid, and Shane left. And I'm like, well, Shane called him a moron first and a fucking nut hugger, among other things. So is that the kind of guy you want to represent your group? And he's like, oh, well. Then he says he made Shane leave. That's what he said. And I said, he made him leave? I go, how can Alex make him leave? I said, Shane, Shane couldn't handle the truth. He took his ball and went home. And he's like, I want to Skype you later, he tells me. Oh, I'm going to Skype you so fucking hard. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I said, what's up? He's like, for one thing, I want to meet you, he says. Okay. And I go, okay. And then he says, hold on. And I want to discuss your role as admin. Oh, my God. Is this a job interview? Jesus <laughs> Christ. I want to tell you what you'll be making. Starting so, salary. <laughs> so then I ask him. I go, you do this with all the admins? And then his answer is only the, only the important ones, he says. You do this with all the admins? Just the hot ones. Just the ones I want to fuck. You know what, Dave? You kind of look like Michael when they pulled the mask off in part five. Remember he had a tear running down his cheek? Now, I think that that's why his face wasn't burnt, because you wouldn't be able to see the tear as clearly. What do you think? I don't think about it. Oh, all right. Well, what do you think about part two when he lifted the nurse? Like, at that point, was he that strong? Because he didn't show that in part one. <laughs> what do you think Michael was doing <laughs> while Tom Atkins was blowing up the Silver Shamrock warehouse? What do you think Michael was doing at that time? Uh, eating a dog, I think. Eating pumpkin pie. I've started eating dogs, you know, just so I can get in the mindset of what Michael is like. Because <laughs> he ate him in the first one. Or were they saying that a skunk ate the dog or Michael ate a skunk? <laughs> Thank you. Age old question. <laughs> oh, fuck. 
So like, that's the kind line. of things this guy bought. He sits on a fucking, he has a taster's choice moment on a fucking bench feeding fucking ducks in a pond thinking about Michael Myers and the, the trials and tribulations of his life in Haddonfield. You should make, make a video with a guy sitting on a bench in a, at a park feeding ducks and then have like a voiceover doing thoughts about Michael. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Michael, why do you think he always goes for the white mask even if it's a little different? What up, Lasers? Tony T here. I figure I'd just call in and give you all a little bit of my story, how I just got banned today from this Halloween Resurrectum group. And I decided to make a post about how Halloween Resurrection is shit. Sure enough, a huge debate ensued where I was attacked for defending the film H2O because it does not have the real Michael Myers in it. Apparently it is misrepresentation of the character because Michael Myers does not kill a little girl and her mother when he steals the tire. Basically, as I'm sure you guys know, these two fucking guys, Shane and Darnell, went off on me about how Halloween Resurrection is the greatest fucking movie ever made. And these guys apparently run this page for in Haddonfield. However, they made posts to the page making fun of H2O. So even after all this, I hopped in at this point just to try to get the debate going, to try to say, why do you think that? Because H2O is not that bad of a film, and if you guys are Halloween fans, why do you hate this? So, I started giving examples as to, you know, what an intelligent person would view on the whole subject. And apparently, it's not my knowing, at some point today, I got banned. That's right. I got banned from Horn Haddonfield a.k.a. Poor and Resurrect them. Now, I don't know what I'm going to do because I will no longer get alerts on my news feed alerting me when certain actors who I never heard of have birthdays that start in Halloween Resurrection. So I don't know what I'm going to do with my life right now. Kind of in a bad spot. I figured I would just call in to all the lasers explain my situation, maybe you guys can help me, because without horror and Hedonfield, I'm lost, and I just have no intelligent people to conversate with anymore about how awesome Halloween Resurrection is, because it doesn't contain a Spider-Man Michael Myers, and apparently Halloween H2O is a racist film, because LL Cool J's wife is a stereotypical black woman, and Halloween H2O sucks because they use different masks, and Jamie Lee Curtis wanted to make a movie to make money, but Halloween Resurrection wasn't a cash cow. H2O was. I don't fucking know. So next time, one of the actors from Resurrect Him Has a Birthday, 
can you guys do me a favor and give me a heads up on Facebook? That way, I'm not missing, you know, my life can be complete because I will know everything about Resurrect them. You know, won't miss a beat. Just fill me in so, you know, that way I don't feel so bad for being banned from a group again. All right. Take it easy, guys. Let me wrap this up because this, this is the tail end of this fucking thing. And it's just ridiculous. Shane gets back on and blocks me. So we're both admins on the same group, but he blocks me so he can't see what, it is, what I'm saying. And I, I'm like, what the fuck? And I'm How like, do you dude, block an admin? Doesn't seem it doesn't seem like an admin should be blockable. Doesn't that seem weird? Am I the only one? Does that? Oh, there's nothing weird about this story. <laughs> yeah. Now Darnell comes in. He's like, "Stop this shit right now, both of you." And I said, "What?" I go, "He blocked me. I can't say anything to him." Like, break it up! Break it up! And he tells me to apologize now. And I said, "What?" <laughs> I go, "You want me to apologize for one?" He goes, "You upset him." That's what he said. Oh my god! And I go, "Was he a fucking six-year-old?" And he's defending. Most of the guys in the group were actually on our side. You know, and then Chuck comes in and he's talking to fucking this and Cosmic Creepers gets involved and things escalate and they're all going at it with this fucking Shane. Hey guys, stop fighting. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I'll be next because Darnell said I have to apologize to Shane, even though I haven't said a word to him today and I can't say anything to him because he blocked me. So, What'd you do today, Matt? I'm so glad I have a full-time job and like a woman I sleep with. Oh, thank God. Thank God. Holy yeah. shit. Like sand through the hourglass, so are the days of Facebook groups. Here's the Shane. thing. No, no, gets to stay home all day. That's his problem. He doesn't go to work or anything. <laughs> Jesus. He just sits home with Halloween. Like, even when he does his videos, if you look at the TV and the mirror in the background, it's Halloween 8's playing. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine wasting your life on that? Oh, my God. At least Michael J. at least at some point stopped watching Halloween 6. Yeah, when he was 16. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and anyway, long story short, uh, finally, eventually... It's like too late for that. You yeah. keep saying that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying shit anymore. It's not getting any shorter. Eventually, Darnell just fucking boots me out. And that's, and that's that. it. And then I get blocked and unfriended. I didn't even have it. I had nothing to do with any of this. I didn't even know what was going on. And all of a sudden, I hear that they're fighting. And I go and look. And I've been blocked and unfriended. And and kicked out of the group and blocked uh, from the group. And I'm like, what the fuck did I do? <laughs> we Jesus all did. Jesus Christ. Blocked, banned, uh, fucking everything. Blocked, banned, and bound. Like it even matters because I never went there anyway, so it didn't <laughs> it didn't matter to me. I didn't even notice. <laughs> right? Yeah. But well, the group sucks. <laughs> and this Shane asshole makes a fucking video about me and Johnny Gore talking shit about us on fucking YouTube. I'm like, really? This is uh, true time. Talk shit about us. Yeah. This guy, what's his name? Shane Pool, Poodle, whatever. Yeah, Shane Pool. He, he yes. does a, a video that's supposedly putting Jonathan or on blast. And it is the most painful thing to like. You keep waiting for the juice or something like that. <laughs> like I'm just sitting here. I was so excited because I was like, "Oh wow, look, everyone's going at it. This should be fun," because it usually ends up to be entertaining. But somehow, this video was the most boring thing you've ever seen. Like Shane has no good zingers. Nothing was interesting. Like 
it was just like words like and and the and or and if and that like there was nothing of substance to this video it was just nothing right dave like no what did he there was even nothing say? really well you know what they're fucking buried and anybody has any questions about anything i have the fucking screen caps right here so shane and your people you want to know the truth it's here i'll show you if you got anybody else i got nothing to fucking hide i don't think he has anybody else yeah i doubt it no whatever the facts are the facts <laughs> still waiting fuck you never again wow that that really wrapped up the trilogy there that was a, i mean if you if you listen to each episode between mahoney montgomery and this there's a full story arc <laughs> jesus christ okay let's get off the loser train and <laughs> talk and never do this again never do it again don't be in a rush to stick it up your crack banana laser we'll be right back Troubled by strange noises in the middle of the night? Do you experience feelings of dread in your basement or attic? Have you or your family ever seen a spook, specter, or ghost? If the answer is yes, then don't wait another minute. Pick up the phone and call the professionals. Banana Banana laser. laser. A courteous and efficient staff is on call 24 hours a day to serve all your supernatural elimination needs. Banana Banana Laser. We're We're ready ready to believe you. When I touch your forehead, open your eyes. Are you comfortable, Reagan? Yes. How old are you? Twelve. Is there someone inside you? Sometimes. Who is it? I don't know. Is it Captain Howdy? I don't know. If I ask him to tell me, will you let him answer? No. If he talks to me, I think he'll leave you. Do you want him to leave you? Yes. All right, Laser Nation, we're back, and we're continuing our rolling through the 70s with 1973, and we got an actual good movie for once. This ain't no death dream. We got The Exorcist. It's directed by William Freakin', it's written by William Peter Blatty. It stars Ellen Burson as Chris, Max Van Sydow as Father Marin from Strange Brew, uh, Jason Miller as Father Karras, Linda Blair as the infamous Reagan, William O'Malley as Father Dyer. He's so, killing me! Yeah, everybody knows this <laughs> man. <laughs> what? Dyer, Rob Dyer. Oh, Jesus Father Christ. Father, oh, he became a priest in his I didn't even I make the, yeah, in his afterlife. Fight of the 13th fanboys. You're supposed to be on that shit. Come oh, on. Oh, Jesus. I'm not a fanboy. That's you guys. So, everybody knows this movie, but the synopsis, when a teenage girl is possessed by a mysterious entity, her mother seeks the help of two priests to save her daughter. Everybody knows this film, except for Jason Lloyd, I think, because this is like the one movie. Oh, he's got some movies he hasn't seen, but this is one of them. <laughs> Surprisingly, he sees every piece of shit under the fucking sun, but he can't watch this. I'm calling you out, Jason. Come on. I hope this podcast makes him watch the movie. I hope to God. Jesus. Anyways, uh, before we get going here, I feel like there's a few questions that I have to ask the room before we continue talking about the movie. Question number one. What version of the film did everyone watch to come in to discuss it today? I myself watched the theatrical cut. I watched the version you've never seen. 
What a terrible name for that. Can we just say that? <laughs> I know, because well, you've, you've seen it now. Because once you've seen it once, you can't really call it that anymore. Yeah. Yes. They changed it now, though. They got rid of that awful title finally. That's the one I watched, too, because I've watched it so many times over the past 10 years, the version I've never seen. And when I bought the Blu-ray set in October when it was released, I um I watched the theatrical for the first time in a while, and surprisingly... I was missing the scenes that I got accustomed to seeing again. I saw the version that I saw before. <laughs> the version okay. that I saw before. That's great. Okay, good. So whenever we talk about some stuff, you guys can bring up the things that I didn't see on this viewing, some of the infamous things that were added in. So that's good. Uh, question number two is, has anyone read the novel or any of the sequel novels? I only read part two's novel. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the novel made yeah. after the movie. You won't even watch the fucking movie. You read the book. Imagine that. Oh, brother. The Cliff Notes. Oh. <laughs> Actually, yes, I've read. I've read them all. Oh, okay. So what? that's cool. You can bring in a perspective that shine light on the similarities or anything uh, that's different. I've re- I've read the original, but I was, oh, okay. I was like in sixth grade. I am one hundred percent going to fucking read it again after some of the research I was doing and. You heard it here first, folks. 100% Dave Zendano guarantee. Can't wait to fucking read that. He's going to put a full report up on horophilia.com. <laughs> I just might. I expect nothing less than 1,500 words, Dave. <laughs> uh, okay, so the next question is, is anybody here in the room of Catholic faith or similar faith or anything like that? Because I feel like religion is such a heavy thing thing in this movie that if you have that coming in it's going to change your viewing experience my entire family is catholic oh okay i was raised catholic i was baptized i was i was confirmed i've taken the the blood of christ the body the, all that all that good stuff the you took the body of like a priest or something <laughs> it, jesus were you an altar boy <laughs> i was raised baptist but i used to date a catholic that counts. That counts, I think. So Maybe. I have some Catholic in me. <laughs> Do you get it, guys? It's his penis. That's what she's talking about. You get it? Okay. Anyways, moving on. Um, so <clears throat> have you guys another question? Final question, sorry. Hey, listen, have, what is this? A fucking interview? Are we gonna do yeah. I'm it's writing it's, I'm writing this all down. Have you what? guys, you do guys you think, obviously. Do you think Father Marin was related to Cheech Marin? Because you gotta be high to be doing this shit. <laughs> okay, the movie opens up in Iraq, and we're introduced to Father Marin, and they're doing some kind of dig, and they find artifacts and stuff like that. He eventually <clears throat> finds his way to a statue with a gigantic, huge penis. Um, <laughs> now, this whole opening. <laughs> I I still don't necessarily... I understand we're introducing the priest uh, or Father Marin or whatever. I don't know if there's a difference between a father and a priest. I have no fucking idea. But is this moment at the beginning of the movie whenever the spirits or whatever that possesses Reagan later in the film, is, is it released at this moment? Is that what all this is? I have no clue. I, I believe so. It's already going on. Because shortly after that, Marin has to leave, and he doesn't really give us. He just says, "There's something I have to do," and he's in the middle of this archaeological dig, and 
because of his history with with Pazuzu, the demon, he um he knows something's up. So he sees he, he kind of abrupt abruptly leaves. But I that's think. when he goes to the statue that has a has a dick the size of Penn's dick. <laughs> yeah, that and that is that is the demon. That's the same one. Is that what that is? Okay. Well, okay, and also you said Pazuzu. Now and this viewing, I that's when I realized that Pazuzu is never said throughout this movie. That's a retcon that the sequels do, right? In, in the movie world, yeah. But in the book, he is the words Pazuzu are mentioned, and that statue is described as Pazuzu. It's just okay. Said and in- this statue or whatever that they he goes to is the representation of Pazuzu. Correct. And, okay. So then we cut to Georgetown, USA. And we're introduced to Chris. She's a famous actor. We're introduced to Reagan, her daughter. The one thing that I found striking on this viewing is that the famous song, you you guys know the song, right? The infamous exorcist theme, quote unquote, that you hear every Halloween. Um, Tubular bells. The mother, Chris, played by Ellen Bernstein, she's going home and like that's the, it's very casual with the song. And it's just funny because when you think The Exorcist, I, that's like one of the things you think of, I think. And it seems like that song, that was like the only time I think the song played. It seems like that needs to be like the final battle song or something like that. But it like never plays again. Only during the final credits. That's it. The very end when they sum it all up and when she's walking twice. That's it. Mm-hmm. So it's not the official theme. You know, the official theme is the, is the you know, the strings that are, are played throughout and all yeah, the other well, stuff. That's why this film got an Oscar for sound design. Yes, because it—that's what it relied on more than more so than a traditional musical theme. It relied on this amazing sound design, which involved like bees in a jar and what? off the wall shit like that. Yeah, Billy Friedkin had bees down, or had the guys put bees down in a jar. So you can pick it out if you go back and watch it now. And huh. listen for it. You can hear it. It's really. I love this movie so much. Yes, you're right. That's the only time they actually hear for that to be the Exorcist theme and what everyone thinks of as the Exorcist theme. You really. Yeah, it's crazy. You really don't hear it that much. Yeah, she's like walking home, and it's like you know the song plays, and it's like oh shit, the demon's coming up behind her or something. You know, it's like no, she's gonna go get a sandwich and kiss her daughter or something. You know, so <laughs> we're introduced to Chris now. Chris is played by Ellen Bernstein and I'm not too familiar with her, but she was great in this. I, I really loved her, especially her, uh, her journey emotionally as her daughter is going through this transformation. I think all the acting was fucking top notch in this movie. Mm-hmm. As long as you're talking about the actors. Yeah. The, uh, the guy who plays, I don't know what it is, but the guy who plays father Karras and I don't think he's really, I, I didn't do any research. I don't know what other films he's been in, but his whole look, and it's just the way he's cut and his eyes are like super dark. I don't know. I'm like really drawn in to his character because of his look in this whole movie. And it's something about having pre-smoke to me uh-huh. that it, I, know, I know it's what yeah, I know it's from the 70s, but seeing them do that kind of stuff, it I guess humanizes them and and just makes me more relatable or you know, makes them relatable to me. So, yeah. Don't forget drinking. He was drinking too. And all the situation um, with his mother, that's, you know. I really think that they picked the perfect actor to play that role. 
And Pacino was going to fucking play him. How about that? They wanted Pacino to play him. Hooah! That would have changed everything. That, Yeah, that would have taken me out of it. And that that's one of the things that I like about him is it's all the things. It's, yeah, he's very, uh, very hard chisel face and just the depth that he has and stuff. And Max Van, Max Von Sydow, is that his name? I know him from Strange Brew. He's the <laughs> villain in Strange Brew. That's why I said that earlier. And I grew up on that movie. And so years later to see him in this was just a treat. Years later to see him in this when he's much older than he was <laughs> right. in that. But this is this to me is so amazing because this is like an, this is the only example I know of in which you put an actor in old age makeup and then fast forward, you know, 40 years and they look exactly like they as <laughs> as really being old as they predicted yeah. he would look in old age makeup. It is amazing to me. Because when I was a kid, I thought he, that was really how old he was. Yeah. And then I remember seeing him, God, it was sometime either in the late 80s or something. There was a movie, there was a trailer, and it said, um, and you know, his name came across as like being in the film. And I'm like, oh my God, he's still alive? Because I <laughs> seriously thought he was as old as he was supposed to be in, uh, in The Exorcist. And then I learned, oh no. And as a matter of fact, he has quite the career and then i went on to know more about him but it, it amazed me because the old age makeup was so successful and then i think yeah. it's hilarious to look at him now and he looks just like he did in the movie pretty yeah. much kudos to them to the makeup job and it's, it's incredible it's, yeah it's not a back to the future thing where they they look nothing like their older selves that they portrayed right? in that movie mm. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> mrs mcneil yes i'm father mary thank you is Father Karras here? Yes. He Father? He's here already. Father Karras. It's an honor to meet you, Father. In my eyes, Father Karras is the main is the main character in the story because he's the one with the biggest arc, and he's the one, in my opinion, you guys can differ with me, that you follow the most. He's the guy at the beginning who's losing his faith and by the end of the film, he's to some extent got it back. So, how does the Catholic Church like view this movie? Is it like totally banned kind of movie, or do they view it as like, yes, it's a horrific movie, we don't do that kind of shit, but at least it portrays Catholic priests in a good light? Maybe I, I don't know. I'm, this is all guesswork. I would think, if anything, it it would compound belief in God if. I, I mean, if I were them, I, I could see that positive aspect of it, that you'd have people running to God after this. Because I think that pretty much happened after this film. Like Jaws, like like after Jaws, people stayed out of the water. Whew, yeah. After this film, people ran to God. So I think they're like, <laughs> oh, I need Jesus. Um, <laughs> you, you know, Jamie, you and I share that about Jaws in that I've I've heard you on other shows talk about how you you'd get out of a pool. If you thought yes. about it too much, me too. I'd be Aww. in a fucking pool. I'd probably do it now. I'm, that, that movie changed my life so much. Well, thank think you. About Everyone it. always tries to make me sound crazy whenever. No. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to do that. I'm not going to be able to do that. I'm not going to be able to do that. I'm not going to be able to do that. I'm not going to be able to do that. I'm not going to be able to do that. I'm not going to be able to do that. I'm not going to be able to do that. I'm not
Alex, I'm here. Can you hear me? Your mother sucks cocks in hell, Gareth. Alex, are you afraid of this movie? Well, it was the first time I think I experienced fear in a movie as an adult, because I was 21, and I was freaked out when I saw it in the theater, and I'm not really sure I felt that same impact, because that was like, you know, they revamped everything, the sound was better than ever, it's in a theater, the sounds are coming from other, you know, other places in the theater, and it was your first time, you don't know what to expect, so I I don't think I've... I don't think it still scares me. But, yeah, this definitely was the scariest thing I saw to that point. I got scared when the clock stopped. That that part scares me. When when he's when Marin's in Iraq and he's talking to the thing and he's looking really? at it. He says, evil against evil. And he's looking at the, the thing and all of a sudden the clock stops. That's scary to me. I don't know why. It just spooks me out. The very first time I saw it, as long as we're talking about Catholics and Christians, there used to be a show called Davy and Goliath. Hey, no. Davey. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know where you're okay. going. Well, there was With an the episode. dog, of... right? A kid and a dog? Yes. You okay. should kill that guy, Davey. <laughs> <laughs> there was an episode of Davey and Goliath, and it was it was real It was real trippy. I don't know what happened, but um, Davey was, you know, getting into some trouble, and his father said, uh, I think he wished for his family to go away or something on this episode. It was pretty fucked up, and his father told him, think about it, Davey. What would happen if, if that was to happen? So I think he felt, went to sleep and had a dream. And in the dream, Davey's walking around his living room, and all of a sudden the clock stops. And then you hear his dad's voice over and over again going, think about it. Think about it. And that always freaked I only saw it once, and to this day it stuck with me. And I think that, that all just takes me back to that. Oh, Carl, we've got rats in the attic. You better get some traps. Okay, so I think it's clean. All right, then we've got clean rats. No, no rats. I just heard them, Carl. The first thirty minutes are are really good. I I love how they introduce all the characters and stuff like that. I feel like by today's standards, people will find this horrendously slow and stuff like that. But I feel like there was no moment in the film that you could really take out because if you don't find out who these characters are then nothing is truly horrific by the end so i love the pacing of the beginning and uh, all the little uh spooky stuff that's happening throughout the house the mother thinks she hears rats upstairs and uh her daughter reagan is talking to somebody called captain howdy i love how it's just like nonchalantly thrown in and then later it's like oh fuck Captain Howdy, who are you talking to on this Ouija board, is a fucking Pazuzu or whatever, a demon. Hey, where'd this come from? I found it. You been playing with it? Yep. You know how? I'll show you. Wait a minute, you need two. No, you don't. I can do it all the time. Oh, yeah? Well, let's both play with it. You really don't want me to play, huh? No, I do. Captain Howdy said no. Captain who? Captain Howdy. Who's Captain Howdy? You know, I make the questions and he does the answers. Oh, Captain Howdy, yeah, I That's see. nice. Oh, I bet he is. Here, I'll show you. Captain Howdy, do you think my mom's pretty? Captain Howdy? Captain Howdy, that isn't very nice. Well, maybe sleeping. Now, was that how you think... Like how? Why did the demon choose Reagan? Was it just completely random? Was it the Ouija board, the Ouija board, whatever you call it? It was. I think it was yeah. a combination of things. 
Hmm. Yeah, I think the idea was that the Ouija board is, is how she opened herself to it. Mm-hmm. But then Father Marin makes a statement in the end that he chose a child to make us lose hope or something like that. I can't, I don't remember the exact oh. words he says, but basically to give us a feeling of hopelessness if a child can go through something like that. As far as the amount of character development we get, I think it's completely essential. And one of the beautiful things about this film Brian and I often refer to this period or films like this as back when horror films were made for grownups. You mm. know, people with an attention span longer than a gnat, <laughs> where you actually cared enough and you wanted to get to know your characters and you needed to get to know your characters so that you could care about what happens to them. You know, I can't, if I don't know anything about these people, why the hell should I care? Yeah, well, it's a two-hour movie and they're, they're taking their time. Movie, horror movies nowadays aren't fucking two hours. You're lucky to get 90 minutes. And you're talking about Final Destination or a slasher. Fuck, forget about it nowadays. It's true. It's sad that we don't get movies like this anymore. Or even you're not going to get another masterpiece. I mean, you might, but there's there's very few movies I'll say that about. My bed was shaking. I can't get to sleep. I guess it's around 30 minutes where we're, I guess, quote unquote, something happens. Uh, a priest at the church that's n- near the house discovers a desecrated statue. This statue looks like where Madonna got her idea for her uh, big bra outfit for right. some of her tours. Like, <laughs> yep. Like, what, what was literally done to this statue? A giant dick and some giant boobs were put on it, right? Like horns, right? It looks like skinny horns coming out of them, yeah, out of so... the nipples and in, in where the a dick would be. <laughs> a pointy dick. So are we to believe that... Possessed Reagan went. I mean, it shows later in the film she's doing shit with Clay and stuff like that. So I got to piece it together that that's what this shit is. And she went down there in a possessed state and did this. I don't think she did it. I think I think the demon did it. Yeah, but can the demon do anything outside when it's not inside someone? Well, then maybe it was Reagan. The that's, thing that the it's thing her that I know is I know that much. Yeah, that's what I mean. The thing this time is. I noticed the detective found the clay. Then he finds the clay statues and the thing. And I was like, oh, that's what that shit was on that statue. Right? Very good. Fucking A. Wow. You're right. I mean, I knew that, that about the, the, the statues. And they actually, they resemble fucking the statue of Pazuzu as well. The bird and the fucking other one she makes. And there's some other stuff. And I knew that, but I didn't think, I, I never put two and two together that she actually went there, her physical self, and did that. I just thought that it's something otherworldly. Or that, you know, the demon did it. But I think you're right. That I I never never considered, you know. I know the importance of her little clay figures is that Kinnerman finds a little clay figure at the bottom of the stairs when when Burke gets killed, when Burke Denning Mm -hmm. gets killed. So that's how he puts together, you know, that there's something weird going on and it may why he wants to talk to her so much. I think there's so much going on story wise that the possession is just like a part of it. You know, you have the Karis character, the you know the, the faithless preacher. What's going on with his mother? It, the obviously the possession, the situation between her and and this demon and and, the, and her mother struggling with it. But the big thing, it, it really is about fucking the demon verse verse Marin. As far as I'm concerned, that's what this whole thing was about. This demon trying to take revenge on Marin, and specifically everything had to happen. Well, how about this? If that's the case, and the demon came from Iraq, where he was, 
Why didn't it just stay there and possess somebody there? Why did it go all the way to America? And then on top of that, is it a, from a filmmaking standpoint, is it wrong to tell a story that about these two and Father Marin is only in about 40, 30 minutes of the film? Like, should he have been like the main character? Well, the demon had to play up to it. That's what it is. The demon had to gain strength throughout. It didn't want to fight until it felt it was strong enough. Everything happened for a reason coming from the perspective of, of the demon. I tend I, to think more like Matt in that the story seems to center around Karis because we do know so much about him. We know about his mother and we spend a lot of time with him and mm-hmm. with Marin. We, we are aware that Marin has a history with an exorcism but we don't really know any details about it. So, I mean, I personally feel like it's it's the journey of Father Karras going from losing his faith to the point where he considers quitting the order or being transferred uh, out of the situation he's currently in, you know, to the point where he ends up sacrificing and making the ultimate sacrifice. For me, the more I've learned about the movie and the more I've watched it and from things I've been reading lately as far as research, uh, I've really been sucked in that whole into that whole story, which I think is going to be more evident in the book. But uh, I just like the whole story about, you know, the demon wanting to battle Marin again and everything that the demon does throughout eventually leads up to that. Well, she let loose quite a string while I was examining her, Mrs. McNeil. Well, I find that hard to believe. What'd she say? Her vocabulary is rather extensive. Well, give me an example. What did, like, like what? Specifically, what did she say? Well, specifically, Mrs. McNeil, she advised me to keep my fingers away from her goddamn cunt. The thing is, this film is so incredibly complex that there are a lot of things going on here. A lot. Well, because Damien, he has a relationship with his mother, uh, the thing with his friend, just everything, you know? Mm-hmm. And you've even got the little, uh, you know, between Burke Dennings and the German, well, um, sorry. This <laughs> oh, one, Jesus. This the Swiss Carl, you know, you've got that. Well, I mean, all of these characters have so much depth. How, Alex, you ever get so drunk you call someone a Nazi bastard? Uh, no. Was the public relations you did for the Gestapo walk? Community relations. Yes, of course. And you never went bowling with Goebbels either, I suppose, eh? Nazi bastard. The Gestapo, you butchering Nazi pig. Jesus, that guy was fucked up. Right? What a drunk. So he, the, his body is found and his head is completely, the director of the film that, that Chris is working on. They, they have a cocktail party, then, then later his body is found at the, at the bottom of the steps next to their apartment or house. His head is completely twisted around. This is one of like, I don't know, three deaths in the movie. And you got Karis's mother dying. Now, that's another thing. Do you think the demon killed Karis's mother to challenge his faith and break him? No, I don't think. Th- I think she just died, and it and it y- took that opportunity to manipulate him emotionally. Yeah, I agree with that. At the end, at, closer to the end of the film, when Karis is in the in the room alone with uh, Reagan or the possessed Reagan, and he has an image, I guess, in his mind of his mother on the bed and she's staring dead into the uh-huh. camera. That is so freaky. That's freaky <laughs> like Zelda in fucking uh, Pet Cemetery, dude. That oh that my God. Again. <laughs> my God. <laughs> Man, I it's funny. To, 
I, really? Yeah, because she always looks like a bird to me. Every time I've watched this, the first she looks like a. Oh, tiny, she is sitting on some eggs. Yeah, like a tiny. <laughs> she looks. She doesn't look like she's. When you see Mrs. Karras throughout the movie, she does not look like that lady in that scene. She looks like she's fucking fifty pounds lighter. Her hair is much whiter. She looks like a bird that hasn't eaten in three days, and she looks real frail and fucking weird. But since the first time I saw it, all I could think about is a bird when I look at that scene. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's why. probably one of the creepiest images in the film. That and there's one, there's another one. The uh, during the exorcism, there's a part, there's a point where the straps are off, and Marin and Karis are on the floor, <laughs> like they've been knocked to the floor, and they look up. And Reagan is on the bed, and she's got, like, one hand stretched up. And then you sort of see the shadow of the of demon statue behind her. And she's reaching up. That oh, yeah. awesome. freaks me out all the time. And I used to have, in the apartment where I used to live, there was a ceiling above my bed. And every time I would get, like, get on my knees and reach up to turn on the ceiling fan, I would think about that scene, and it would freak me out, and I'd have to dive under the covers. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> so no ceiling fans, no pools. Um, what else can't you have? What horror has done for your life? Jesus Christ! <laughs> I and that's the thing is is and, and Alex will attest to this too, and Dave too. Um, just from talking on the skeleton crew is is I I have this free association all the time with with films. Little meaningless bits of film will work their way into my everyday life and. Sometimes kind of ruin things for me, like turning on the ceiling fan. Like, and I was, that was seriously. Just, Jesus. And I couldn't help it. I would think about it. And I'm like, don't. <laughs> I've always been so attracted. But I got to the point where I tied a piece of yarn from the ceiling fan pole to my headboard, so I could just reach up and pull that, and I wouldn't have to actually kneel on the bed and reach up. Wow. Learning a lot here. Wow. I want a poster of that scene. <laughs> That's I've crazy. always loved that fucking scene. I always thought that'd be a great poster or a t-shirt of her reaching up in that fucking smoke and freaking seeing the statue next to her in the bed that way. Oh, I'll tell you the thing that spooks me out. When the mother first gets home the first time and nobody's home and the lights are flickering and she's in the kitchen and the lights go off, I don't know what it is about that scene. And then she kind of looks up. That kind of scares me. That's like an, <laughs> another shot. Yeah. That and the clock stopping, just any, you know, technical electric, electricity <laughs> thing not working, the TV shut off, like, oh my God. <laughs> Scary. shit during a power outage or like a rolling brownout or something. <laughs> yeah, screw the bed shaking and kicking the Reagan off the bed. Nope, it's the lights. It's scary because she's all alone and, and just Reagan's upstairs. I just, I don't know, I just could imagine... That being a scary situation to come home to an empty house and it get dark that way. And I don't know. Yeah. And so, Matt, you watched the theatrical version mm-hmm. and then we watched the other version. And in the other version, there are more insertions of the a face. Crucifix? Of, oh, of yeah. The, gotcha. the, the flash, the flashing. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think there are only three, like four insertions of the crucifix in the theatrical version. <laughs> but in the uncut <laughs> version, like seven. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, of the... Of the flashing face that you see the uh, the oh the the the, the demon subliminal face. yeah subliminal demon I, face I, I counted face. I counted three this time okay and I think there are more in the version there are some additional ones that don't show up in the theatrical version and um, 
they're just in weird places. Like, there's one in the kitchen. Um, and it's just weird. It's just where you don't expect it. And it sneaks up. On, it's like a little mini jump scare, mm-hmm. you know, out of nowhere. Yeah, oh, that, that jump that... scare. The phone ringing. That makes me fucking jump sometimes. You know what I'm talking about? Another thing that's scary. Of all things, when when fucking Karis was listening to the tape of them talking backwards, let her die. That whole oh, fucking and then the, thing. Yeah. And you're focused right in on with it. All of a sudden, that fucking, you know, that, that phone from the 70s, the old rotary phone fucking rings really loud. Makes me jump sometimes. It's the same thing with the candle when she's up in the attic. And the, the lar- yeah. you know, the, the quick flare. Um, Why did that happen? Guess? That's what I always thought. Mm, there was like a gas web. leak. Spider web. Oh, really? Spider web? A spider web? Made yeah. Them... Wow. Yeah, I mean, she, as she was walking through, the flame hit a spider web. And that'll happen if you if you hit touch flame. Oh, I want to do that. <laughs> I do want to try it. Father, what do you know on the subject of witchcraft? I once did a paper on it. Father, this desecration in the church, you think this has anything to do with witchcraft? Maybe some rituals used in the Black Mass, maybe. And now, Dennings, you you read how he died. On a fall. Burke Dennings, her father, was found at the bottom of those steps leading to M Street with his head turned completely around, facing backwards. Hey, but I want to go back to uh, the face of the demon. Uh, That was played by uh, a chick named Eileen Dietz, who she had done some of the stand-in stuff for... Linda Blair as a as a child because she's like a petite woman. She I don't know exactly how much she did, but she did some of it. Maybe more of the physical stuff. I don't know. But uh, there's a it, this just came out. But there's a really interesting podcast that she is on where she specifically talks about her uh, working on this film and the stuff like that. It, the, it's fucking phenomenal. It just came out a few weeks ago. It's called I Was There Too. That's the name of this podcast. Uh, oh, nice. The, the host, uh, Matt Gorley, he invites on people in smaller roles on films, and her interview was just fascinating. Well, we, uh, I was on uh, an episode of Cinema Beef with Gary Hill, where we, and it was called The uh, Exorcist Stravaganza, where we covered all the Exorcist <laughs> films. And, and Repossessed? Had, and Yes. <laughs> and repossessed. And we had an interview with Eileen Dietz. Oh, cool. Well. And she go she talks about stuff like that. And she actually talks about how she was pretty much shunned after this because everyone wanted the focus to be on Linda Blair for this role. And no one wanted her to get any attention for this because they were trying to push the focus toward Linda Blair. And that sounds kind of fucked up. Um and but I also after that interview I bought a copy of her book that she just put out where she um which is a very good book. It's it's really interesting where she just basically I mean she talks about her life but she goes into a lot of of that stuff too. And she is she is a really fascinating, interesting, nice person to talk to. So uh hmm. I definitely want to hear the interview you're talking about. Uh I'll look that up because I thought it was a whole really. I mean, I had no idea that any of this stuff really went on, 
behind it. And still it started to come out, you know, a little bit here and there. But until I actually talked to her. I didn't realize how bad it was for her. I she think also did the, like Matt said, the demon face too. Like whenever you see the demon face pop up. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah, that's the thing. That's her. They don't give her credit for that. That's how I think she gets fucked because Friedkin does say that that was Linda Blair in fucking test makeup that was rejected. And he's wrong about that. So huh. she got the raw deal there. Yeah. The she Captain did. She, re- she, right. she got fucked over. And uh, so I recommend that people check out her book as well as listen to the interview you're talking about. And go check out the interview that I did with Gary because that was pretty fun. So, But you know what else got fucked over? But it was her own doing. But she still had to sue to, to figure it out. Was that uh, the girl that did all the sound and the voices that uh, oh, Mercedes, Mercedes McCambry? Yeah, Mercedes she, Lane. Yeah, Mercedes Lane. License from to License drive. to Drive. But, yeah, nice. <laughs> no, Mercedes McCambry did all the voices and um, for, for all of you know Reagan's voice, the demon Reagan. voice stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. she talks about how Billy freaking made her like um, she would he would make her drink raw eggs and bourbon and smoke cigarettes and all, all this stuff to rough up her voice to make it sound even because she naturally has a deeper voice so he would put her through all of this crap to make her voice sound the way he wanted it to he punched fucking, her in the throat they strapped yeah. her in a chair for that matter and they freaking did things with, with sheets of paper and fucking they did all kinds of fucked up torturous type what? shit like gave her paper cuts and shit things like that yeah the fucked up shit what and um what, what but now check it out she wanted, she volunteered to do, to take alcohol. She was a recovering alcoholic, and she hadn't had any alcohol. But she wanted to do it because she knew that she would do a better job with her voice by doing this. So she actually had requested for and had her priest there for counsel during that because she knew she was going to be battling her own fucking demon, if you will, by drinking alcohol. But she fucking volunteered to do that. Because she was so dedicated to making the voices sound as you know, you know, as quality as she could. So I, I, yeah, he. I guess freaking fucking praises her for it because he's like, you know, uh, she was so dedicated. But initially, she didn't want her name on it, and then after it came out, she said, "Well, now I do." And then something else happened, and then <laughs> I'll take that check now. Well, then let's introduce ourselves. I'm Damien Karras. and I'm the devil. Now kindly undo these straps. If you're the devil, why not make the straps disappear? That's much too vulgar display of power, Karis. So, yeah, at this point in the film, the mother is taking her daughter to see doctor after doctor after doctor. Awful. And it has one of the, in this in this series, uh, in, in this part of the film, it has one of the freakiest uh, scenes to me. And I don't, I want to know if you guys feel the same way. It's like the first time she goes to a doctor and they're doing tests on her. Awful. And they fucking stick this fucking goddamn needle in her neck and it oh, spurts out. Yeah. And then they put her in this goddamn machine and it's like a fucking <laughs> cannon shooting over and over again. <laughs> that to me is like the freakiest shit in the movie. Yeah. Oddly enough, it has nothing to do with the fucking uh, demon possession or anything. It's just, and it's probably normal hospital shit. But, yeah, but I was, I'm like freaked out by it. You don't see that shit. When do you see things like that? Yeah. You know, especially at that time. There wasn't like documentaries on PBS or whatever the fuck showing the the goings on in, in hospitals. I don't think. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I can't recall. I mean, that seemed to me like it came out later on in, you know, the nineteen eighties and upward. But mm-hmm. I don't recall seeing things like that. And 
that shit's always freaked me out because I have a fucking like phobias of getting sick. Even now, when they put the the needle in her throat, like last night when I watched it, I walked to the kitchen. That's when I was cooking my dinner. I didn't pause it. Usually, I pause movies, but if I know something's getting happen, I just get up and walked away for twenty seconds because that shit it really disturbs me. And it, especially now being a daddy. To, mm-hmm. to ever have to witness something like that, it, it would be the most horrific fucking things I could, I could, thoughts that I could have in my head. It's a terrible Crazy. thing. Yeah, talking about this hospital scene reminds me we got an email from our good friend Jackson Garland, and he really loves this film. He saw it at a very early age, like five or six, and uh, he said that scene in particular uh, with, with the blood spurting out probably traumatized him the most. Another cool thing, though, is that he took a field trip in eighth grade, he says, to Washington, D.C., and he got to visit the infamous stairwell where Father Karras falls to his death at the end. He also says, this is pretty funny, he's seen the movie so much that he knows how to say your mother sucks cocks in hell in several languages thanks to the subtitles and the dubbing on the DVD. Weird. Have you ever heard of exorcism? Well, it's a... Stylized ritual in which the uh, rabbi or the priest try to drive out this so-called invading spirit. Uh, it uh, has worked, in fact, although not for the reasons they think. Of course, it's it's uh, purely a force of suggestion. The victim's belief in possession is what helped cause it. So, in that same way, the belief in the power of exorcism can make it disappear. You're telling me that I should take my daughter to a witch doctor. And then, eventually, she goes through so many doctors and psychiatrists, I think, too. But one of the doctors recommends that she takes the daughter to have an exorcism. Like, (laughs) is that not the craziest thing in the world? A doctor's like, well, you might want to go see this voodoo priest in the jungle or something. Because we got nothing. Well, the way they present it, that that seems almost typical of how they would do it, too. They go purely at suggestion, but you can take yes. them and the possessed that believes they're possessed. Shit ain't but real. It's psychological. It's typical fucking science slash doctor shit that, not that I'm, you know, making a, a fucking a, a case either way. I'm just saying that's just the way they talk. They refuse to acknowledge any type of, you know, otherworldly thing or religion or anything. And that's... I could see them doing that. Yeah, she goes and finds Karis, who is not just a priest, but he, he's a psychiatrist as well. So she's suggesting that, hey, why don't you do a fucking exorcism on my daughter? It's crazy. <laughs> and he's like, we don't do that. You know, it's like, I don't even know how to do that. You need a time machine to go back to the 16th century to, for somebody to know how to do that. And when he says that... Of course, I'm a time travel fan. I'm like, ooh, is Doc Brown getting ready to pull up in this motherfucker? <laughs> Marty! Marty, we have to go perform an exorcism! Hop in! It's your kids, Marty! It's Reagan! <laughs> what, is she an asshole? I've never met one priest who has performed an exorcism. Not one. Yeah, well, it just so happens that somebody very close to me is, is probably possessed. And needs an exorcism. So yeah, and then so eventually after some after she breaks him down, he goes and sees her, and this scene is phenomenal. It's not an exorcism scene, but it's like the first like kind of match. You know, it's like WrestleMania 
like Dave was alluding at, it's like there's the 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 smaller matches before the big finale or whatever. Right. I'm I'm, I'm guessing that's how WrestleMania works. I don't watch it. Well, that's like boxing. You have the undercard and you have the main event. Sure. Okay, there you go. Anyways, so the fucking at this point, Reagan is full on demon face, fucked up, scratched out. You know, just not even resembling herself anymore. He walks in, and the first thing she says, it's, uh... What an excellent day for an exorcism. Oh, what a great fucking line. I think everything that Reagan says... Awesome. ...as she's a demon is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all vulgar, but it's so awesome. I, I find it crazy that... Because she really said this stuff, right? Yeah. yeah Isn't she that did. crazy? Well, she Can you imagine having, asking your daughter to do that? She had to have said it because she mouthed it, right? Yeah, and I saw that interview with her. She was talking about it. She goes, to me, they were just words. I didn't really know what I was saying at the time. <laughs> Jeez, yeah, fuck, take fucker in the ass with your cock. At the right. End. That's what like, she whoa, said. my God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And she's like, they could never have gotten a Catholic to do this movie because they would already be afraid of things like that. She goes, because I wasn't a Catholic... To me, the devil was the same thing as um, Dracula or fucking whatever, the boogeyman or something. like. It's just another monster that doesn't exist. You know what I mean? So, and I could see that. You could not uh, uh, You could not have gotten a Catholic child to play that role. It just mm-hmm. wouldn't have worked. You motherfucking worthless cocksucker. Be silent. Oh. Oh. I trust <laughs> you out. Unclean spirit! Shut up your ass! In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ! It is he who commands you! He who flung you from the heights of heaven to the depths of hell! Fuck him! Be gone! Fuck him, Garrus! From this creature of God! Yeah, so, okay. So this is all escalating up to the big showdown, I guess. Garrus is obviously not prepared to handle any of this because in that scene I was talking about earlier I think that's the first time where he gets jizzed on by the green vomit and uh, <laughs> they realize hey we're not fucking prepared who is Father Marin he's done this shit before there's going to be two prequels about it just wait um, <laughs> so they finally get him in and oh I did I did want to bring up something else in that scene where Karis first interacts with the demon and he throws the fake holy water on it and it freaks out and it's talking about your mom's here with us well what's my mom's maiden name and she doesn't say anything yeah i mean what do you think that was the fucking demon just fucking fucking around i mean it she's clearly possessed yeah yeah i i think so i mean i think at that point it was trying to be maybe feel out the situation and be careful because it didn't necessarily want to jump straight to something that would drive it out. Or maybe it was just fucking with him, trying to make him knowing because it knows him. It knows that he's already questioning his faith. So I think it's just being an asshole, you know, yeah, like, I guess yeah. it'll do the not thing. Like it did the drawer thing, but it wouldn't do it again. Dave, you don't know like, that Dave. <laughs> what Dave no, said? I said her so, mother is not in hell, and even if she was in hell, because this isn't really Satan itself, it wouldn't know information like that. What's my mother's maiden name? It wouldn't know that anyway. It's not the devil. It's not. Well, see, according to her, I mean, in the first film, 
she claims to be the devil. I mean, the, yep. you know, and he says, you know, when, when he's talking to Chris and he's like, you know, she doesn't claim to be a demon. She claims to be the devil himself. That's pretty mm-hmm. much, you know, to a psychologist, that's like a person claiming to be Napoleon Bonaparte. Mm-hmm. So basically yeah, it's like it, it, I think it's just fucking with him. I do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you what it's doing. It doesn't want an exorcism. It's no, it's not strong enough yet, and it, it wants to be exorcised by Marin and Marin. Oh. It doesn't want. Yeah, that's what I mean. it wasn't trying. It didn't want to get to anything yet that was that's going to try to push it out because it's not ready yet. You know. Mm-hmm. Yes, he doesn't want the demon. Doesn't want Karis to believe that it's possessed. The demon uh, wants the demon oh, wants Karis to okay. believe this fucking chick's fucked up and she's full of shit. That's why the holy water bit. That's why she huh. reacted that way to the holy water, knowing that it wasn't holy, just so he would think, well, she's obviously she's lying, crazy yeah. or lying or, yeah, whatever the fuck. This chick is not possessed. And that's why she even asked for an exorcism and says it'll bring us together because she's trying to fucking say things, but it's all about Marin. It's all about fucking she's gaining. It's part of me. It's gaining strength and it does not want it wants an exorcism eventually. But it, she, it wants an exorcism with Marin. And Marin yeah, will... I mean, it is specifically about Marin as far as the demon. Well, hell, the name of the movie is The Exorcist. And right. Marin is the one on the poster. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the point is for it to bring Marin. Um, it does, so it doesn't want anything to happen until Marin is there. You know, anything to jeopardize uh, it coming back together with Marin, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and so clever and... and yes. And demonic. <laughs> yeah, like that's that's evil shit. It's awesome. Yeah. It's fucking badass. I love it. That's the type of evil that I'm that I'm attracted to. I think it's fucking sweet that that it behaves that way. You know? Like I'm not attracted to the fucking evil that I saw in uh, Cannibal Holocaust with those assholes and the and, and the, the shit they did to the animals and the shit they did to the fucking tribe there. There is mean spirited evil people. That type of evil I have fucking and, it's awful to me. It's fucking just despicable. But this type of evil, for some reason, to me, is humorous, and I'm attracted to it. I don't know what that says about me. I I've just... always been attracted to the like the satanic characters in film. Yeah. Um, I, there's something about that, and they're always snappy dressers. Yeah, they, they're know, charismatic. Like... Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, whenever you see actual Satan portrayed in film, he always dresses really nice. He's very he has a pitchfork. He's usually good looking, um, and that's the way I like to see him because I feel like if the if the devil were to personify, if he were to you know show up to anyone, I think that he would be a Vigo Mortensen or he would be a um a, uh, oh shit um, Oh Pacino Ryan Gosling yeah, yeah you guys know that if you look at Reagan's um remember when Kinderman is looking at um the detective is looking at the um. Her papers, and he sees the, the the one picture of a a tree with fucking birds hanging in it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. If you if you fucking uh, pause that and look at that upside down, those birds all resemble fucking Father Marin. <laughs> what? The fuck, with a hat on. Yep, it's a fucking I thing. Because they Karis's mother. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Like it's like a? It looks like him. They did it intentionally. It's a fucking little like an Easter egg, if you will. It's a fucking oh, a thing I they do. Very yeah, you cool. Pause it, you look at it. You check it out upside down. You got to you got like to get a bunch of little tiny on your mirrors. head. What's that? You got to get on your head. Do a headstand. 
Um. Oh, I just paused flip the TV. over your TV. Looked at it from another the other side. Oh, okay. See, see, I'm not so dumb. And they keep showing that fucking bird every time they go down there and have that conversation <laughs> because the bird looks like Pazuzu the way it's fucking positioned and shit. With a giant cock. <laughs> yes, with a giant cock. It is a cock. Oh, yeah, the statue. Knew. How it's could you big... not? How did that not pull you in like the, the fucking hand? Death Star? Jesus Christ! I always notice the big head and the one hand. Death Star. <laughs> it got like its a... own credit. <laughs> yeah. They show this fucking his cock in this. Really? Oh my! It's like it's bigger than it's fucking. It's like half the size of its arm. It's gigantic Jamie, and it's erect. Is this true? Have you noticed this cock, Jamie? <laughs> Not the first time she's been asked that. <laughs> well, I Have you seen this cock before? It. I want to make sure you're not crazy, or that I'm, no. or I'm not crazy. It's okay. not like a, it's like a third leg, but it's not a leg because it's standing at a fucking forty-five degree angle, ready to fuck. <laughs> I'm always blown away by the one paw being up, one hand, how it, and how Reagan does it later on in the film, which I always fucking love. It's mm-hmm. fucking badass, but I never noticed the cock. I guess I'm too focused on. Yeah, well, on... in the desert, when he's standing, when Father Marin is standing, looking at it in the desert, you know, yeah, that's awesome scene. Yeah, yeah, it's it's there. It's pretty unmistakable. Wow, I'm too focused on the fucking the gravity of that scene. Dave, we get it. You're not gay, okay? <laughs> Jesus Christ! I saw the big giant dick. I see what I want. Okay. <laughs> Oh, brother, we're learning a lot about everyone tonight. Okay. <clears throat> okay you know what so... that is? That's the face-to-face for the main event. You know how when they have a boxing match and you see the tail oh. of the tape? Oh. Tail of the tape. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so there's the main event, which that's what I'm calling the final exorcism, and that's Marin vs. Pazuzu, and that's it. It's fucking beautiful, too. Hmm. But, yeah, and the way the, the sun there and then how it glows into that one fucking scene when they first enter Georgetown, that swooping shot like the in Psycho. Are fighting in the background. Yes, the dogs. You guys think the dogs are fighting because of, of Pazuzu being there? Mm. That's what my stepdad told me when I was a little kid. But I, don't I, it. <laughs> I just think it's an evil area. It's just a fucking just bad things going on. Yeah. And while I'm asking dumb questions, <laughs> in the beginning of the movie... You know that part when Marin is getting ready to leave Iraq and he walks and all those Muslims fucking bow? Mm-hmm. They're bowing to Mecca or what have you. They all bow on the blankets and he walks by and then as soon as he passes them, they rise. Are they bowing to him or is that just coincidental? Uh, coincidence. Okay. Yeah. I could buy that because they're supposed to be facing east or something or other. Mm-hmm. Some, right. But that's all. I used to think that they were bowing to him because it really is timed perfectly. He arrives at the beginning of the line, they bow. He gets to the end of the line, they rise. Can you imagine if they're like playing the shaft theme as he walked by? It's like, <laughs> Father Marin. What a badass. Hi guys, this is my first voicemail. Yay, this is Mary J. I just wanted to leave a voicemail about The Exorcist. I am so happy you guys are going to review this because this was like one of the most scariest movies I've ever seen in my life and I'm so scared of it. only watched it three times but with half of my eyes closed and open because it's so scary. And um, the part with her turning her head, I never... Want, ever went to bed 
after seeing that movie, okay, I was very, very scared. And I still don't like watching it, but I'm so happy you guys are going to review this. I can't wait to you guys um, say about this movie. Like, I'm like, can't wait. And I'm so happy that I get to read this voicemail. And I love you guys. And I can't wait uh, for the next show. Bye. Uh, I think we've got a guest. You're gonna die up there. So, okay, so yeah, we're in the final showdown, and a real testament to how awesome this last 20, 15 minutes is, is that... Usually while we're watching these movies, I'm constantly just writing shit down, my feelings, thoughts, and, and what have you. But I was so just enwrapped in, in into what was happening on screen, uh, them, I guess, battling, so to speak, uh, and all the stuff that's happening when she's levitating and her eyes going wide, what you're talking about, her raising her hand up and stuff like that. It was all just incredibly fascinating it's it's one of the better uh finales uh i've seen in a long time oh it's amazing yeah father Marin, he's old okay and then he uh karis he tells karis to fucking leave because he's uh the demon gets to him and he starts <laughs> to freak out he's like That's you gotta awesome. get out of here Damien, okay. yeah get out <laughs> and but then he comes back in and the motherfucker is dead. I mean, he's dead, right? He had a heart attack or some mm-hmm. shit. Oh yeah. Isn't it strange that? I mean, he. In my eyes, he's not the main character, but he is like the hero, are supposed to be. Okay, I guess I'm answering my own question. I thought it was strange that he died off screen when he's supposed to be the hero. But if that didn't happen, then that wouldn't be able to give Karis his moment of being the hero of what happens next, um, which is just incredible. The the one of the things that I love about that is when he's hitting Reagan and, and telling the demon to take me and his face changes and then yeah. it's a brilliant thing of editing because his face changes back to hum to human in a in a flash mm-hmm. and you can't tell. It's like seamless. Like they obviously filmed that at two different times, but the transition is just instant. And it happened so quick. I just, I love that. It's crazy. You son of a bitch! Come into me! God damn you! Take me! Take me! I I agree with you. It's amazing. Oh, it is amazing. It's very effective. Yeah. But it makes sense that. Um, that that happens because the the story, you know, being central. It's his story, yeah. Uh, on him and and you know the faithless slime, and fucking all that other shit, and his mother and everything. How at the very end he he he, he finds himself not losing his faith, actually doing the most selfless thing that a, a, someone could do, especially a follower of Christ, is give their own self for someone else. So he mm-hmm. he comes full circle. Honest, honestly, what what happens with 
you know, Marin. I mean, it's sad, but it, it's just what the demon planned. That's all it wanted to do was torture this little girl and kill her in front of Marin and then fucking kill Marin. And Karis was inconsequential. He was a pawn. It, it, you know what I mean? All this yeah. demon wanted to do was get revenge on fucking Marin. And the demon knew that it would probably tickle Marin because he was old. The, the thing aged him, the exorcism from last time. We know he has a bad heart, everything else. This thing baited fucking Marin to come in just to take it out, and it did. I just and wish I'm, it was a bigger I moment, I guess. Oh, I think it's it doesn't have to be a moment because the aftermath of when he comes in there and the fucking the, the look of that she has... She looks like a fucking pimp. She's sitting there in the corner like that, all fucking nonchalant with her fucking, with her <laughs> oh, fucking right. one arm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's great. She's so like cool. a pimp. And then she looks, yeah, she's like, yeah, motherfucker, cool as fucking ice. And then, then he looks over and she does that laugh. She makes that face and she does that devilish laugh. That is so fucking badass. That's all you need to see is the mm-hmm. yeah. And mm-hmm. you know the way he fucks with her because it. It accomplished everything it wanted to accomplish. It fucking it fucked with Damien so hard about the mother that it flipped him the fuck out. He's fighting it, fighting it, fighting it. Finally, you're not my mother. And that was it. He's like, you know, Marin's like, okay, this guy's flipped the fuck out. Get out. Step aside. Fucking grown men are coming in here. And he's thinking he's gonna handle it. Guess what? Nope. Shit got fucking flipped on him. He gets killed. Fucking demon wins. But but then demon doesn't win because of. The selfless act of the the once faithless preacher. So everything comes full circle. It's perfect. It, it doesn't need to be to be seen. Because who who wants to see that anyway? Would you rather see the guy clutch his heart and fucking be shaking and go down? Well, no. I I just mean I, I just wish it was something different. Yeah, I, I'm not saying I want to see a guy have a heart attack. I just mean some a moment. I just want to see some moment of something. Well, it does but, seem to kind of trivialize his presence. That's what I mean. He's no? supposed to be the hero coming in, and you don't even see him get beaten down. I, it used to. I used to feel like you did, like you do. Um, now, you know, I, I, I feel differently about it, just because I'm so into the backstory of, of Pazuzu and Marin. Mm-hmm. You know that I think that that's that's really cool the way it plays out. Pazuzu. I can't. Yeah. I can't say a bad fucking thing about this movie whatsoever. So I, maybe I'm just. That's just me. I'm, you know, an apologist for it if I had to. Well, no, I can't either. I don't think there really is anything about it. I think that just sort of, um, that nails home why I feel more connected with Karis throughout the entire film, you know, because even in the very end, like the big, huge deal, it's him, you know, and Mary is just sort of quietly taken out of the picture. So I always thought it was interesting that... It was the Exorcist, and then Marin's on the poster, and then uh, he really doesn't play that big of a role. In the now he's the Exorcist. <laughs> oh wait, no, he he throws himself out the window and probably dies. You don't really know, I guess. Gets his faith. He, he's supposed to until you watch mm-hmm. Exorcist three, and yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, because you because you see Father Dyer giving him his last rites, mm-hmm. right. you know. and him accepting him. You know what I mean? He's accepting religion. Again, I mean, he just did a minute ago when he, when he did the, the selfless act, as I called it. And then, once again, it's full circle. He, he's on there. He's accepting his last rights. Do you want to confess? And he's clutching his hand. So, man, that's fucking amazing. Yeah. So, and then the mother and the daughter move out of town because why the fuck would you stay there? And Reagan seemingly knows apparently nothing, but she sees the priest collar and kind of sparks something. And she gives that guy a hug and a kiss, so. 
she knows something's up. I guess what we're going to learn in the sequel. Keep away! The sour's mine! Fuck me! Fuck me! Fuck me! Before we wrap it up and give our ratings and such... Uh, got to read another email from uh, another laser, Martin Henderson. He says, greetings, what the fuck is up, banana boys, Matt, Alex, and Dave Z. I'm assuming this is how he talks. You guys host one splendidly fantastic show where us, the fans, receive our recommendation, recommended potassium supplements of entertainment, laughs, and information, and then some. Thank you so much. Your shows have been great. To the point, The Exorcist, much like Halloween or The Thing, gets the atmosphere, music, lighting, and casting damn near perfect. So I guess he recommends it. Thanks so much, and keep sucking cocks in hell, Mahoney. Martin Henderson. Do you know what she did? Your canting daughter? Let's, let's do my favorite part of any movie review and rate the movie. Because it's the funnest, just greatest thing to do in the world. But we all love it, so it's going to be great. Um, and we're going to rate this out of five severed heads. Um, or, <laughs> yes. JK. I'm not doing that. That's you, Dave. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you invented it, fucker. I, I know. Do it I did. Out, it's out of amazing. to you. Yes, yeah. You keep doing it, and I'll keep not doing it. Okay. How about that? Okay. I, well, I, you know, I think I've said everything that is great about this film it's just a wonderful piece of filmmaking and it's a testament to the filmmaker that non-horror fans know of this movie and have seen this movie and i'm gonna say it again i think jason lloyd needs to take time out of his busy schedule to watch it but it's a great piece of filmmaking and i think anybody who's even slightly interested in this genre should see it i mean it spawned an entire subgenre of film uh, in itself, which is, which is crazy. Uh, that's a testament to it. So, um, but like I said earlier, ultimately it's not necessarily the kind of story I gravitate towards the whole possession thing. So just for me personally, I would take it down a notch for that. So I, I give it a 4.5 out of five stars. It's a great film. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Dave Z. Not bad. Well, it's fucking... It's a five-star movie. It's This and The Shining are my favorite movies, bottom line. That, that, that's all there is to it. I, I always claim The Shining is one when I, when I had to make the list. And I think it's just... The Shining is more of a cult thing, so it, it feels better to gravitate to, to that one if I had to pick the one over the other one because The Exorcist is kind of mainstream, if you will. But when you get right down to it, I, I can't say what's the better film. To me, they're both masterpieces, and... It's fucking amazing. The, the acting, the, the story of the demon manipulating from the beginning, all the things going on in this, the fucking, God, the things that come out of her mouth, the fucking things that go in her, <laughs> cross-turbation, you know? The cross-turbation scene's fucking epic. It's just, man, it's it's five stars, man. It's, this movie blows me away. Mm-hmm. Jamie Jenkins. Well, I, I this is a five for me. I consider this a practically perfect if not perfect film i really have nothing negative to say about it there are only a handful of those that i believe exist and this is 
one of them. Um, there mm-hmm. is a reason that whenever you see people do lists of best horror films ever made or, you know, scariest horror films ever made or, you know, whatever, there's a reason that this film frequently lands at the top. And it's because even this many years later, it still holds up. It looks amazing. The special effects are insane. And uh, the acting, the direction, the sound, design, I mean, everything. It's just, I have no complaints. So if you have not seen this film, what the hell are you waiting for is, is my question. Yeah, and we show just spoiled some respect. it rotten. Show some respect when you do. Don't make oh, me have to smack you. That's right. Smack you know this movie goes up for ten fucking Oscars? Ten. Best what? picture, everything. Yeah, dude. Ten huh. fucking Oscars. And, and you know, uh, some guy threw a fit and said he was going to resign from the Academy if it fucking, if it went through and everything else. But, yeah, director was up for it. Fucking Did actor, it win any? Supporting actor, supporting actor, all this fucking shit. Everything. Did it win? Only thing it won was fucking sound design and um, some other thing. Editing or some fucking thing. I forgot what it was, but it was up for ten. Best color, vomit. <laughs> you know that was a mistake too when she puked in his face. It was supposed <laughs> really? to be on his fucking on his chest, and they fucked up on that one scene. It's kind of like the Kevin mm. Bacon Friday the Thirteenth go where they fucked up, and the look on fucking Karis's face is real because that wasn't supposed to happen. He was disgusted by it. Hmm. Yeah, that's why I always say too. I'm like, oh, I was aiming for your chest. I'm sorry. <laughs> Sex joke. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm kind of afraid to ask Alex Edwards. What do you think? <laughs> Uh, I have nothing negative to say about this movie. <laughs> I think the testament to it is that that all these exorcist movies and possession movies come out after it, like all these ones from, you know, like uh, the the story of Emily something and all that. Emily Rose, yeah. Yeah, and like none of them even approach this. And this is 1970. You know, like I, I just can't believe that in, in 40 years they – cannot top something you know the the origin of the uh, possession movie uh in in this style so i think that alone i mean and like you said it's not my uh type of movie exactly it's not like a favorite i don't watch it often i don't really think about it but it doesn't mean that it's not great so just because it's not a personal thing i'm going to also bring it to a 4.5 all right guys well that's the exorcist We'll keep rolling through the 70s, and we'll be right back after this commercial break. Don't be in a rush to stick it up your crack. Banana Laser will be right back. This is Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com with all the skinfo from the latest movies. New on the Stars Network, it's the time-traveling sci-fi adventure, Outlander. In the mid-season premiere, star Katrina Balf was up to her old tricks, bearing her highlands and lowlands in four fantastic nude scenes. Thanks from my weena, Katrina. This is the Mr. Skin Minute. Nude on Showtime, it's go time and grow time on Shameless. In the season finale, the Shameless gang doubled down with nudity from Emmy Rossum and Boyana Novakovic. That's a finale sure to finish you off. Nude for the first time on Blu-ray, Valerie Kaprisky stars in the 1983 skin classic, Breathless. Valerie goes every which way and loose with Richard Gere, showing boobs, butt, and even her furry Frenchy Claire. Forget Richard Gere, Miss Kaprisky will have you stroking your gerbil. MrSkin.com, fast forwarding to the good parts. Get cake, get cake. 
All right, lasers, we're back, and we gotta give away some Blu-rays. That's right, we got two copies of Adam Green's Digging Up the Marrow, and these copies are signed by the filmmaker himself, and we're giving them away? What? Yes, we're crazy. Um, how did you enter? Well, you left us a five-star review and rating on iTunes for Banana Laser. Wasn't that nice? That's all you had to do. So... We're going to draw some names right now, see who we're going to give these fucking Blu-rays away to. I almost called them pieces of shit, but... What? <laughs> what about the guy that gave us one star? Can, can we throw him into the mix? No, because he just... If you leave a star rating and not a review, it's anonymous. So we truly don't know who that is. We could speculate. Oh, I know. Yes. Yeah, I yeah probably so. So I got um, I got everybody's name here in a, uh, in a sack. And uh, I'm going to pull one out of random here, see who our first winner is. And it is... Who the fuck? What kind of name is this? Shane Poole. Nope, definitely not. <laughs> it is M. Kelly 8904. M. Kelly 8904. You're a winner of a Blu-ray copy of Digging Up the Merrill. Congratulations. Send us an email, bananalazergmail.com, and we'll send this fucking thing on out to you, whoever you are. I'm going to say it's Michael Kelly. Uh, Oh, yeah, probably. There we go. How about this? I just drew the second name. Here you go. Mick Bastard. Mick Bastard. Why don't people put their their normal names on this? (laughs) He's a Mick Bastard. (laughs) Well, well. Uh, well, McBaster, we're going to send uh, this Blu-ray to your house as long as you send us an email of where to send it to and a box of Lucky Charms or something like that. Maybe maybe a copy of Leprechaun. Ooh. So thanks to all the lasers who entered. And guys, we'll probably do this type of giveaway again. And we might even use the same system. So guys, be sure to leave us a five-star rating slash review on our iTunes and you'll be entered for a future contest. So congratulations, lasers. My name is X. And I'm Cootie. Please consider us your high priest and priestess of satanic cinema. Join us on our podcast, Kiss the Goat, which will drag your soul through some of the finest and worst devil movies of the last 50 years. Devils and demons, exorcisms and possessions, cults and rituals, dogs and cats living together. Is that a devil movie? Maybe. Sort of. I don't know, babe. We'll talk about it later. Join us on the Horrorphilia Podcast Network every other week as we don our hoods and cloaks and kiss kiss the the goats. It's a hell of a good time. I knew you were going to say that. Of course you did. It's in the script. So that wraps up show 45 of Banana Wazer. Uh, 45 Severed Heads. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, it was a fun talking about a really stellar movie again. It seems like we've just been talking about great movies lately, so that's always fun. I want to thank Jamie Jenkins for coming into the lounge and being such a delight to talk to. Uh, it's always a blast. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. I know it's completely uncharacteristic for me to be a blast to talk to you. What? (laughs) But I love it here. You guys are so much fun. And I always feel like I'm home. Ah, that's awesome. Good. 
Um, I can't wait. I think I'm going to hop in my DeLorean and travel to 2017 for the next episode of Liking It. I cannot wait. If you guys don't know, that's the that's the all werewolf podcast that she does. You can find that on the Horophilia po- uh, you know, network of podcasts. So check that out. It's actually a, a really good of show. Oh, yeah, thank it, you. <laughs> yeah it, it, just because they don't come out that regularly and we like to give you shit doesn't mean they're not good. Uh, you clearly put a lot of work into them, and they're, they're very good. So you guys should check those out. I also want to say thanks to you guys who left a voicemail, Tony T. Sorry you had such a crazy run-in. And Myrig, thanks for leaving that wonderful voicemail about The Exorcist. You're a real sweetheart. I also want to say, guys, that our next episode, rolling through the 70s, episode 46, is going to be focused on the movie The Deranged. Is it The Deranged? I think it's just called Deranged from 1974. It's on YouTube, sort of. I think part of it is missing, but you can see part of it there. Or if you have the DVD copy of Motel Hell, I believe this came in a double pack with that. So check that out, Deranged, from 1974. That's going to be on episode 46. Yep, so that's it, guys. We'll see you on the next episode. I'm waving now at my computer screen. Uh, Later, lasers. Thank you for listening to the Banana Laser Podcast. Please be sure to check out Horophilia.com for a full archive of all of our previous episodes, as well as other great podcasts like The Skeleton Crew, My Bloody Podcast, and many more. Please be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Banana Laser Show. Also, join our Facebook group page at facebook.com groups slash That's where the real lasers come out. Be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, where we post trailers, movies, and more. Interact with us. Please send us a voicemail at 314-720-8842. Or send us an email at bananalaser at gmail.com. You can also find us on iTunes and Stitcher. Again, thanks for listening, and keep on banana-inging. Guys. Banana laser wins every time.